So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and I have here with me Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I am freaking fantastic. How are you? I'm even more fantastic now that I've heard that. <laughs> I'm having such an awesome day. Um, we love those days. Yeah, well, you know, George came to visit today. In the form of a nice, sweet lady from the church who brought us a whole bunch of food and presents and all sorts of really funky stuff. And um, and, and it, it, I have a question. And, yeah. Uh, I'm going to interview you for just a second because I know we have a very patient guest. Um, did you have to, like, when you, did these people ask questions about your family or your daughter? or? Um, they asked me how old she was. Yeah. And what she was into. Okay. And that's it. Because I just thought it was interesting that that she got just about one of the best gifts that she could probably get. She actually she got from, from them. George. She got a better gift than I got. <laughs> hey, now, now, no, no, better, totally. Um, we don't do that. Here. I mentioned I mentioned Katy Perry, like mentioned it, but um, they went out of their way and they got her something far beyond what I didn't even know Katy Perry had a DVD out with videos in it. But apparently she That's does, true. and um, it landed in our house today, and, you know, Madison was very happy to get that, so that was very cool. Um, what was even more cool is that because of my, you know, recent um, reawakening to the artist within, I was able to give this lady a painting in exchange, which she actually really appreciated. She said never, nobody's ever um, given her anything like that. Nobody ever give her anything back. No. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and it just, yeah, it was a good day all around, got a bunch of stuff done for the movie and, um, I'm working on a new painting, which is a rose and that's really cool cause I've never done that. Before. I've always been scared to go in that direction on canvas. I've been scared of canvas for years. Um, and it's turning out so amazing. I'm just excited about it. And it's just, it's an awesome day. Must be time and, for rose. The astronomy picture of the day was the rose galaxy. Really? Yeah, it looks like a rose out there in space. And uh, that's so weird. Synchronicity, yeah, right? Rose eh? time. Hey, yeah, I like it. It's a good sign. And we have the most awesome of guests tonight too. Oh, we're gonna have yeah. a fantastic. I've show. been looking forward to this one for well, since the twins were here. I got it. I gotta say. <laughs> I gotta say. Ever since then. And we we have guests with us tonight. We've got folks on the phone. We've got a guest in the room. Welcome everybody. Um, and. A guest that's, you know, 
absent but never forgotten, uh, our family from over at Inner Child and Inner Child Press. Yeah, and they're really busy, I'm gathering, because, I mean, the deadline's got to be coming up for that contest. Right? We've got 11 days left till uh, you know, it's the end of this month, December 31st. Number. And um And so, but they have. They've been getting poetry submissions from all over the planet. Um, you know, you can say all over the world, but all over the planet just seems that bigger to so me. That is so cool. It's um, so cool. They're running this contest that if you write poetry, you know anybody that writes poetry, you got to find out about this. you got 11 days left to enter, but you only got to have one poem. So it's the World Healing World Peace 2012 Poetry Contest. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. Well, wow. World Healing World Peace 2012.yolosite.com. And, oh, my goodness, I remembered it. And, oh, wow. Bill would be so proud. We, we finally can remember the name of it now that it's almost over. That's good. <laughs> Uh, wow. And uh, uh, so I would tell them all that they would win, but i just like to say, tell them what they've won, Gene. <clears throat> okay. So <laughs> if you submit your poem, you're guaranteed to be published in the, um, what's that? Uh, anthology. anthology. Yeah, that big word with the A at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, in the anthology, so that's really exciting. If you're one of the top three winners, because we don't do just one, it's better than everybody else, but top three winners are going to be chosen, and they will each get their own book of poetry published by innerchildpress.com. Oh, sorry, innerchildpress.yolasite.com, which Rick will put up in the chat room right now, I'm sure. And I'm telling you, as an author, there's nothing cooler than seeing that first book of print in your hands for the first time. It's like absolutely the coolest feeling. It's just so exciting. On top of that... Yeah, because as an author, you know the importance of promotion. Yes. On top of that, you're going to get invited to a whole bunch of radio shows um, to talk about and featured on a whole bunch of websites to exhibit your work as a poet, which is really exciting stuff because, hey, that's taking like all of the work out of your hands and putting it into the hands of... Well, I'd call it George, and just yeah. letting the universe take care of you. And and hey, really, at the end of the day, none of that matters because really, it's about the energy of people all around the world writing poems, but world healing, world peace, coming together and trying to create something beautiful that will inspire and enlighten and uplift other people. That's all that matters. Very cool. It's a cool project. Check it out. And and uh, very cool people that are running it. We call them family, not just friends. Uh, Bill and Janet and Jill and uh, it, it, I could go on. I don't have that forever. I don't have time to run but, the names but, down. <laughs> but you can run by innerchild.ning, n-i-n-g dot com, and um, feel free to sign up. It's just just Bill. It actually goes by just Bill sometimes. And yeah, um, some guy. Uh, so you're not giving away your your name and your email address to the world, just giving it to Bill, and uh, that it's just one of the most beautiful bunches of people. Uh, they they love creative people. They love the creativity in everyone, and so whether you write poems, uh, essays, sing songs, uh, because Bill's also the the uh, promo guy at uh, Society Hill Music. So, wow, it's just a great group of folks. Absolutely. Speaking so of great folks. Out. Speaking of great folks. Speaking of great folks. We have. We I, have. You know, if we had, if we had, we should, okay. St- 
starting this year, we're putting out a Mother of the Year award. Oh, wow. I'm awarding it to our guest tonight. Robbie Porter. Yes. Well, thank you. (laughs) Wow. Um, And I know that some of it has to do with the two amazing kids that, you know, you have, and I'd love to meet your other kids as well, because I'm sure they're just as incredible. Um, But some of it, some of the credit has to go to you. Um, So yay you for raising the incredible daughters that you have, that I've met, and um, just for our guests so that they, you know, have an inkling of who you are. Who the hell are you and what do you do? Well, um, I'm Robbie, and I um, what I do is I'm a psychic medium. Um, that's what I've done for the last, I don't know, 17, 18 years. And um, raising kids and trying to help people and raise the vibration of the planet. And you like that. That's <laughs> It, and you handled that well with no warning about the traditional first question. <clears throat> I didn't think she needed warning. She doesn't? See? No. You saw? I saw. But we're going to get a plaque somewhere and have, you know, who the hell are you and what do you do? Uh, <laughs> send, send it up to Jane up there because it just fell out of your mouth once and it was so cool. Here we have it. Yeah. It's that Canadian. Who are you, eh? <laughs> So you've been a psychic medium for how how long? Um, well, I would say that I've probably been a psychic medium my whole life. But as far as like, you know, doing it professionally, I started um, when the when the twins were well, actually before then, but when they were babies. But you know, I would do readings for my friends, and you know, and then I ended up I was um, getting divorced from their dad, and one of my friends brought me over a ad. For a, remember those crazy 900 lines? I worked oh, on one of those. Yeah, I worked on one of those. Well, until I ethically couldn't handle it anymore because they were just such bad mojo. And um, <laughs> and then I ended up working at a at a shop, um, a new age store for about five years. And from there, it just kind of you know I had really good word of mouth. And and then in 2000, I went out on my own, and and I've just been doing it on my own sense. So, but, you know, I had, you know, all sorts of experiences when I was a kid, when I was little, you know, that I thought was normal until I was in, I don't know, junior high. (laughs) Wow. You made it as far as junior high before you figured out that it wasn't normal. Um, That's really cool. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of like that growing up thing. They say if you make it to 50 without growing up, you don't have to. Really? Yeah, so I only got a couple oh, more years, so cool. man. I I'm only have make 14 it. more years to go. Yeah, I'm going to make it. Um, so it, it, that probably puts you in a great, uh, well, did put you in a great position, I suppose, to to uh, understand odd things going on with your, uh, with your girls. Um, tell us about, can I ask, can I ask? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. When you, were, when you were in service, anyway. you were helping an, uh, helping an elderly um, housebound woman, so you were in service from an early age. Um, so so tell us about the day that they didn't have any crunch and munch at the store. <laughs> oh, the, for me? Yeah, um, yeah. You... When, I was, when I was little, um, my mom was a single parent, as I said earlier, but um, there, was a, there was a housebound lady that lived in our apartment building, and I would go and, you know, I would... I would go to the grocery store for her because she couldn't go for herself. And I'd go once or twice a week. 
And um, that that week, and she would always give me a dollar, you know, to go to the grocery store, and I would always buy a box of Crunch Munch because, you know, we didn't have a lot of extra money. So that was like my, that was, that was like, you know, my Willy Wonka bar. And, and one day, you know, I'm at the grocery store, and I, I get her stuff, and and I go to the aisle where the Crunch and Munch is supposed to be, and there's nothing. And I'm like, what is going? And it was like around the time of like lots of gas shortages in the late '70s, and um, I, I guess there was problems with the trucks or whatever. But the guy's like, well, it'll be here on Thursday, and it was Tuesday, and I was like, ooh, do I want to wait? And I him hot and like you know kind of decided, well, I'll just hold on to my dollar. I went to my, I went to the line and and I, I hear the voice, you know, there's actually a little preface to the voice, which we'll talk about later. And, you know, I had been told that I needed to learn how to do transcendental meditation. Okay, I was nine years old. I didn't even know how to say transcendental meditation. <laughs> and, you know, again, we lived in a smaller town. We didn't have, you know, any kind of access to anything where I would know what that even was. And the voice said, look up. And I look up and it's not at the ceiling. And right in front of me, there was one of those little pocket, those little pocket guides, you know, pocket guides to astrology, pocket guides to kitties, pocket guides to, and it was 79 cents. And it was a pocket guide to um, transcendental meditation and yoga. And I was like, oh, I'm like, you're going to make, and it was the only one too. I think it was just manifested there. Now I do, but, <laughs> and so the, you know, the voice is, buy this, and I'm 79 cents, and I have a dollar, and I'm like, oh, I, what about my crunch and <laughs> Well, they didn't have it anyway. Well, I ended up buying this little pocket guide, you know, which was very, you know, I learned a lot, actually, from that little pocket guide about transcendental meditation, and you know, I was very regimented, more so then than I am now. You know, and I did meditation from the time that I was nine all the way probably till I was, I don't know, maybe 18 or 19. Like in the, you know, 15 minutes in the morning before school. And then 9 o'clock at night, I would do a half an hour of meditation. And it really, it really helped me with um, the inner chatter stuff that a lot of people seem to have with them. Um, Monkey mind is what I always call it. <laughs> yes. Your brain going crazy yeah. and getting yourself into oblivion. But that's that's my story with the the TM is kind of crunch and munch story. I eventually did get crunch and munch because you know I had to go to the store later that week, so I had to get crunch and munch. Yeah, so, so you got to have both. And they I were, just... The funny thing is, they were the same price, the seventy nine cents and. I used that pocket guide literally till it fell apart. I think I was in, I don't know, 23, 24, fell apart finally. Okay, now I can't I can't repeat what you just said, trans-something-something meditation, but can you explain to me what the hell that is? <laughs> Transcendental meditation. I was 45 before I could say it. <laughs> yeah, so can you imagine a, a little nine-year-old fourth grader trying to say that? Um, it, it's basically an Eastern... Um, meditation technique, you know, of where you, you use the, you know, use the chakras, and of course, I didn't know that this, you know, they had these great big, huge, long names, and of course, I couldn't pronounce them, but, you know, the typical, when you think of, you know, when you tell someone, oh, you should meditate, it's like, you know, 
sitting in the lotus, you know, sitting, you know, crisscross applesauce and, you know, doing the mudras and breathing and, and going through and clearing the chakras. And, and it, it really helps get you to a place where once the, once the inner stuff stops, you really could connect with far greater information than I could ever imagine. I'm still fast. Like to this day, I. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I'm fascinated by meditation. I really am because I can't do it. <laughs> well, I mean, as, um, as, as an adult now, it's like to me, it's like I have like my meditation time would be like when I rollerblade, or you know, when I'm doing doing something where I get in a zone, because it, you know, nobody has. I mean. I would have never had time as an adult person to be able to sit down like and make, you know, 15 minutes in the morning and, you know, half an hour at night because we've always got something else to do. And, um, but it, it is really important if you can just get to that place where it's like, you just have nothing where you can tap into and commune with, with the higher consciousness. It's, it's amazing. I've, I've just never been able to do it in a, in a, manner. I mean, if I have my pen and a piece of paper, I can tap into anything. If I have my paintbrush and um, a canvas or a mirror to paint on, I can tap in. But I cannot, I cannot for the life of me still to this day, although I've tried so many times, I cannot sit in one place and just... Well, and that's... I mean, it it just that's, doesn't work. I couldn't do it now, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, well, I do. You know, it's like sometimes my guides will come in and be like, you need to breathe and meditate. And I'll be like, no, I don't. <laughs> and they'll be like, yes, you do. You sit. <laughs> so, and then I, you know, but I don't, what I, what took me a half an hour as a kid, I mean, it takes me, you know, two to three minutes to get to that place now or, or less even. So it's right. really beneficial to, you know, be able to get to that, that place if you can. But like I said, you know, meditation can be, you know, whatever your, whatever it is that, you know, where you can get into that place of connecting with, with higher consciousness, whether it's, whether it's like for you painting or, you know, whether it's, you know, driving or, you know, like me rollerblading or, you know, being on the Stairmaster or the elliptical or, you know, or, you know, cleaning can be very zen for some people. I Absolutely. I, I, I do it when I'm walking and, um, I think I'm known around here at the apartment complex. I dress funny anyway because I'm in pajamas most of the time. Uh, and um, But I, I'll run right into somebody. I, I won't even know they're there until they're like an inch from me. And then I'm like, ah! <clears throat> and um, so it, it's really kind of odd. But I think, yeah, they talk about the lighter energy, the, the raised vibration of the of the whole planet. These days, I think it makes it easier uh, to hit that zone, and that the the formality of the uh, something like transcendental meditation it gave you something to do to keep you distracted from thinking so fast uh, when there wasn't as much energetic support for that. So I I, I don't know I'd I, I don't know I'd be recommending it to a whole lot of my friends, maybe a few of my science buddies, but. Uh, um, these days, but I think the formality of it was important once upon a time. Yeah, and I don't think that that's necessarily, you know, as important as, you know, and what the, like the twins talk about mudras, those are very, very important. And if you can just breathe and do mudras, that's 
that'll help tremendously to get you clear. What's a mudra? Well, they call it finger yoga. It's, you know, um, where you do like a, a deep cleansing breath and you put your thumb and your forefinger in a little circle and have the palms face up. There's there's many different mudras that the, you know, the Eastern philosophies use. And, you know, and then you do the middle finger and you, and you do deep cleansing breaths and that will actually clear you and clear different things because they actually, you know, connect with the mood, the ley lines in your body. Then. So it'll clear that stuff out in finger yoga. So much I, I, I've got to learn, eh? <laughs> oh, come wow. now. You didn't even know what channeling was and you were doing it, so... No, I had not, no not idea. I had no idea what it was. I, I, automatic writing? What was that? I didn't... I, what? There's a word for this? <laughs> if, you, if you've ever... I, I know some people do these and they don't even know they're doing them, but if you've ever like played with your fingers, so to speak, when you're daydreaming or in the, in the zone... Oh, my God, I do that all the time. You're probably doing mudras you just don't know... You'll look at pictures of them and go, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, can the girls send me pictures of that? Yeah. They we'll have my a, email. We'll send you a link. Cool. Yeah, because yeah. I, I do do that, especially when I'm, like, having a conversation with George. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, and I thought I was just crazy. All right, that's cool. <laughs> the things you learn, eh, when you bring guests on the show. Well, and... and- the other thing too is, is like as I said, there was a preface to the, the, you know, the voice. When I, you know, I was actually I was, you know, my mom sent me to church every, you know, Lutheran church when I was, you know, and I was going through confirmation and, and in the confirmation classes, you know, Wednesday and you know we were discussing about you know judgment and how, you know, God is going to condemn everybody that doesn't you know take Jesus you know into his heart and. And, you know, I raise my hand and I'd be like, no, that's not right. God wouldn't do that. God loves people. He wouldn't He wouldn't do that. No way. <laughs> I did that in confirmation, too. And I was confirmed in a Lutheran church. Oh, I, I, my mom got the phone call. Did she? Oh, See, yeah. <laughs> my, my mom was mean. I, I wanted to figure skate, and but my classes were on the same night as confirmation, so I got yanked from figure skating so I could go to confirmation. Man, was I pissed. Um, but, yeah, I did that. My my minister, priest guy, he wasn't happy at all because I said well, the same thing. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I just, well, I just knew. I just knew in my, in, in my being that God was his love and that he wouldn't condemn people out of, not knowing, and it's you know, and I so much believe that to this day that if you're a, if you just be love and love people and you know just love everybody, treat people how you want to be treated and be kind and then those are those are the things that are going to move you forward in your evolution as a soul. Those are, those are the things that are important. Well, that makes sense to me, but the other doesn't make sense to me at all. I could never understand that. What do you mean that person's going to go to hell? I've had that argument with more people than I can count. <laughs> I couldn't. I can't understand it for the life. I just. It. I just can't wrap my brain around it. The well, whole concept is wonky. It is wonky. I mean, after that experience that I had, I had a, a you know that like you know that place in between sleep and wake. It's like I hear this voice, neither male, male nor female, and, and they showed me is like. No, it's like they showed me this 
beautiful light and you know like these little orbs and these almost like energy ribbons and they were different lengths it's like all religions are right they're all wrong and you and you go through each one in different incarnations and eventually you get home and you be with god but you have to you have to learn to you know and i thought that was really and I thought that was really cool, and it just really changed my. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't get myself confirmed. <laughs> my mom, you know, because I couldn't keep my mouth shut for one. <laughs> <laughs> and and two, you know, I, I I would have felt I would have felt it would have felt wrong to me to be to to do that when I didn't believe what they were saying to me. And I mean, I believe the church is a great place for many people. Believe you know, if it if it helps someone, I think that's amazing. But I I want to talk more about the voices because um I hear a lot of a lot of channels that come on they say they feel the vibration or they get visuals um very very seldom do I ever hear anybody else come on and say no I actually have conversations with these people I hear a voice um I've always heard a voice I don't get visuals. I don't get a vibration, a feeling that I translate. I get very direct. It's like having a conversation with somebody else in the room. It's it's rather weird to describe, but is that what it's like for you too? And because I've never heard anybody else say that. Well, I mean, it, it is for me. I mean, I don't. I mean, everybody gets information. I believe in different ways. I know. I mean, I'm a clear audience, so if I hear your things. And I'm clairvoyant, so I see things. And I'm a medium. I got dead people showing up in my house all the time. The kids are bringing people home for us. <laughs> Cross them over. <laughs> we, we got all sorts of food floating around in this place. But, you know, I mean, that, my clear audience is always the strongest. And, you know, and my, um, my empathy and my, um, I guess you would call it like psychometry, like touching things, like reading things with your hand, like your, your hand. Yeah, um, it's really um, it's interesting when you get flashes of things, but it's um, I don't know. I just you know, it's like I hear, I see, you know, and but yeah, it's conversational for me, and um, I don't know if it's like that for everybody. I mean, I don't know how other people do it. I just know how I do it. So I just honestly, you're the first person I've ever talked to who actually does it the same way I do. Um, most people, it's vibration or well. People, I'm not going to say most people. I shouldn't say most people. Other people that I've talked to, it's a feeling or it's a visual. Um, but you're the first person I've talked to that actually has a conversation. But George and I argue all the time. I call them George for lack of a better name. Um, but I call them the peeps. My peeps. The peeps. peeps. <laughs> my peeps. It's, it's the same thing, right? Well, I mean, George came because of the whole Curious George thing. They just want to know everything. Um so, you know, that's the whole physical manifestation experience thing. But um, so there came the name George. But it's always been a conversation. Like I remember distinctly when I was 16 years old, driving down the highway with my aunt and getting a very loud in my ear voice saying, put on your seatbelt right now, right now. And I was like, what? Put on your seatbelt right now. So I put it on and not two seconds later, the car was spinning around and going headlong into a highway snowplow. Oh, my gosh. And um, that's, you know, that was the first time that I really, like, wow, okay. <laughs> you all wanted my attention. I get that. But 
I've never heard anybody other than you say that they have conversations like that. And that's well, really cool because I think I'm high maintenance too. I think <laughs> with that song, because I'm, I, you know, I'm, I kind of sometimes argue with them, and and I shouldn't, but I do. You know, like so do several, I. several, you know, several years ago, um, one of my very good friends was um, was killed riding her bicycle, and she and I had been playing phone tag, and um, and I knew, and I knew if I would have seen her in person, that I would have, I would have gotten, a, like, I would have felt it or seen it or something. And um, we just kept missing each other, and then I get a phone call that she'd been killed, and I was, oh my gosh, I, I was, I was mad, and I was like, oh, you know, do you think you guys could, you know, could have given me a heads up here? You know, it's like I can get information for everybody on the planet, but I can't get it from, you know, for for somebody that is important to me. And um, they, you know, they were like, that's when they were, you know, you need to sit down and breathe and meditate and do your mood. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I was just like, I'm not doing anything. You know, I was like, I'm going on strike, you know, and after that happened there, you know, they kept saying, Robbie, it's not, it wasn't, it's not about you. And I'm like, well, why not? (laughs) That's so cool. I understand now. I mean, you know, you know, five, six years later, I understand now why she's not around, but, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's nice that I can still, you know, converse with her at times and. But that's something most people don't have when they lose a loved one. They don't, you know, they can't have a conversation with them after they they lose their physical body. No, I kind of, you know what, I envy you that. Um, I don't have that particular ability, or maybe I do, but I haven't tapped into it. Um, the only way I can communicate with my grandmother now is for me to pick up a paintbrush um, and just think to myself this is what I want to paint now you're going to have to show me how because she was absolutely incredible artist and I have no training whatsoever but apparently it's working out (laughs) so um, I just let her guide the brush but that's the only time that I can really communicate with her I would love to sit down and have a conversation though you know because that's a that's a beautiful communing uh, letting letting source and 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 artful expression flow Uh, I agree yeah, I know, but I would just like to be able to ask her, you know, it's cool what I'm doing now, you know what I mean? So, I well, don't why, don't, why don't you, why don't you ask George, you know, to give you, you know, give you some audio with that? Eh, she hasn't been gone long enough, I think. Well, it doesn't matter. I've had, I've had people come through, like, immediately. No, I mean, I mean, for the emotional, for me, like even thinking about it, I'm tearing up. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm prepared. Maybe that's probably why George isn't, <laughs> um, why she's not coming through, because she knows I'll probably just break down and ball. Um, but and, and emotions do block that. They do. I mean, yeah. Like my mom passed away. I mean, you know, I was totally, I was totally cool up until you know. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, it'll just be like, you know, you're just not in your body anymore. And I was able to talk to you, and and you know, I was helping because my mom had a had a terminal illness, and you know, trying to get her crossing over, you know, and you know, we were all there when she passed, but she didn't come through. Like, and I was like, I, you know, it just really upset me. But then she came through almost three months after she had passed, and you know, just poof, there she was. And and I was like, well, where you been? <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm like, um, it's been almost three months. She's like, it has not. And I'm like, oh, yes, it has. It's like October. You died in July. 
<laughs> she's like, it's only been a couple days. Well, and I, duh, time, there is no, time is different, you know, once you cross. It's like, there is no time. So, and I'm like, you know, by the, by the time she finally came through, man, I was, like, I was sad. I could, you know, couldn't talk to my mom. And that was the whole reason I was okay with the going, you know? <laughs> like, it's, she, she was my lifeline, you know what I mean? Like, my guiding force. Um, the only person I've ever met um, who's a pure white light. And I just... Mm, wow. <laughs> Losing her was like, whoo! Um, so... Uh, yeah, there's still a lot of emotion, even though it's been a couple of years. There's still a huge amount of, emo- of emotion around it, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm up to as much as I want to have the conversation and sit down and talk to her. I don't know if I'm up to it. And I don't know. Hopefully, well, I think you're stronger than you know. Oh yeah, but I, I imagine this artwork, this joint artwork, would help work some emotions out too. Yeah, I think so too. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd trust it. I know you're doing Christmas gifts and all kind of stuff right now, but I'd try sometime sitting down in front of a blank canvas and just with the the, the thought in your head before you sit down, uh, what do you want to paint today? See what happens. I was I was actually thinking of doing that after Christmas once all the Christmas gifts are painted. Um, I was thinking about just giving her a, a blank canvas and saying, what do you want to do? Um, because really right now, I never have any idea when I sit down. I know what I want to paint, but I've never tried to do realism before. Um, and everybody, um, I'm painting flowers for Christmas. Well, that's um, so funny because I keep getting, like, Georgia O'Keeffe. Was your was your grandma, like, did she do flowers too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. she did She did flowers, and um, she was so good. Oh, my God, she was good. Um, but... And I remember looking at her art as a kid and just thinking, wow, you know, I wish I could do that someday. Um, and it wasn't until after she passed away that I really um, embraced the idea of trying to do realistic art because usually I do something that's very Celtic, stylized, um, Indian-like art. And so now doing this new thing on canvas, which I haven't ever worked on, is really weird for me. I usually work on mirrors, which I know is odd, but that's my... That's my medium. Um, And I'm working on canvas, and I'm doing flowers, and I have no idea what kind of brush to use or or anything. Oh, you know what? That's funny because she wants you to do watercolors. It's like I can see. You know those one brushes that are like bamboo? Yeah. Um, It's like I keep seeing like almost like like what you would do, like like what Japanese would write, you know, do the pen and ink stuff with the little cup. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually right up her alley because she – that's like yeah. that's like that's what flashed in my head. So it's like I don't know. Maybe I should like go get a couple of really cool like bamboo brushes or something. Well, because because I she I still have her art kit. Like I still I haven't opened it. Um, I have her art case with all her with all her paints and her brushes in it, and I haven't opened it. Um, yeah, she's like, oh, for Pete's sake, open it. <laughs> what are you saving that for? What do you save that for? Um, yeah, you know, after Christmas, I'm gonna open it and give her a give her a give her a canvas and just we'll we'll paint some stuff together and it'll be fun. So thank you. You're I good. will do that. <laughs> and it, it, believe me, it'll be very healing for you. And it, for whatever reason, it's like there's some connection between like Japanese like art and like Georgia O'Keeffe with the flowers. And I think it might be watercolors. You don't use 
I use I use an acrylic um um glass paint actually. <laughs> and my grandmother was a huge acrylics fan. Um she worked with acrylics a lot. She did do some oils, she did some pastels, but some of her acrylic work was like just outstanding and well all of her work was outstanding, what am I saying? But yeah, I've never worked with acrylic um a, like soft water-based paints i've never worked with that before so it would be an interesting adventure i'm sure well i think that's a that's that's the direction you should go i mean that's the sense that i get when you talk about it that's, and again it's like it's like i got a big splash of like a george o'keefe flower like right in my face so <sighs> and cool. you know it's, it's interesting because you know after after we lose someone, it just it can be very it can be very painful and you know and and I know part of the reason why my mom hasn't been as you know coming through. Well, number one, she's been really busy over there, <laughs> and it, it it can be just it can be very you know hard because I mean the, the thing that I mean the thing that I miss about my mom and I'm sure you miss about you know it's like I just I just want to hug you know. <laughs> I just want my mom to hug me again, you know. And I yeah. thought I was, I thought I would oh, yeah. be okay, you know. It's like, but I've never, you know, I've lost a lot of people in my life, and you know, you know, I lost my dad and my stepdad four days apart in 2006, and and uh, and my brother, you know, my grandparents. I don't, you know, and my other brother. Yeah, it's like I've lost pretty much everybody in my family almost because we're, you know, my children, and um, it's it's that emotion, it's like I didn't experience that grief until I lost my mom. And so it's like, it's, it's tough. I mean, but she's been busy. It's what she, what I keep getting. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, um, you know, I, I guess the reason, you know, I contacted you guys after the twins did the show. Mm-hmm. And because I was just really impressed with what you guys are doing. And it's, it's kind of like what what we as a as a collective over here are trying to do too, and just trying to raise the vibration of the planet and help as many people get their vibrations up so the planet can shift and it can be not as it can be less traumatic than what has happened in other other times when when Gaia has shifted. Right. And I know I talked. I wanted to talk to you and your audience about you know these new kids coming in and these kids that have, you know, and kind of how to raise them and, um, like kind of, I don't know what I did, which is, you know, I just, you know, I didn't really see them as little kids as much as I saw them as, you know, okay, well, number one, you guys picked me as a parent. So let's talk. (laughs) Yeah. What were you thinking? (laughs) It's like, you know, because I, I fully believe that, you know, as souls, we pick our parents before we come in. As, as a way to learn, and you know, they're our most, they're one of our, you know, in our soul group, they're usually very close to us because our parents are the ones that typically wound us the most. And um, and you only think, trust your loved ones to do that, right? And so it's, I, I remember there was there was a couple different times, you know, like they would be like, I don't even remember the incident, but I'd be like, just remember, you picked me. <laughs> 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 
why we're not sure. Well, I think I know why. I mean, I have I have four incredible, very gifted children. They all have abilities, and you know, the twins really want to get out there and and help the planet and help kids their, of their generation. And and it's it, it's important for me because it's like as a kid growing up in you know the middle of America, you know, it's like I didn't have any. I didn't have a teacher with a body. I mean, and it's so. As as I began working, what what I was I would have clients bring me bring me their kids, you know, my kid is having nightmares. My kids saying there's people showing up in their bedroom at night, and you know, and I I ended up actually I, that was one of that's one of my one of my passions is mentoring you know kids that have psychic abilities because I never had those people that actually were physical touchy that I could put my hand. On. I had you know, I had the the voices and I had, you know, the people showing up and, you know, I would occasionally see them, but, you know, telling me, you know, commentary constantly as a kid on what to do and, you know, on how to get, get my, uh, my gifts a little bit more honed where, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we, when we have clear audience, especially what happens, you have, um, it's like, it sounds like your own inner voice. And I thought I was a little cuckoo when I was, you know, <laughs> I'm sure people would say maybe she still is a little cuckoo. But um, that you have, when you have that inner voice, it's like you just have to ask, your, you just have to ask to have it sound like it's not your own inner voice. And then your guides can come through that way. So you don't think, you know, because sometimes you'll hear something, you'll get a vibe or, and you'll hear it in your head and then you don't listen to it. And you're like, oh, I should have listened to that. And it's usually your, your, your guide or trying to give you information. So, but if it sounds like your own inner voice, it's a lot easier to dismiss. And if you ask to have, ask the voice to sound different, then it, it actually it helps quite a bit. That helps me, I know. No, it's actually a really, a really brilliant piece of advice um, because I really, for often it was hit and miss for me. It's like, okay, is that me or you? <laughs> But then it came to the point where it was, okay, we are you. Just get over on it. another level, get over it. You'll be fine. Um, Listen, but this might be a great time for us to take a short break and um, and then come back because we definitely want to dedicate some, some time to this whole parenting thing and mentoring thing. And uh, uh, as I've been known to say, you know, the kids can handle it if we can just get out of their way. Um, Amen, brother. <laughs> and because uh, I'm excited, I want to see what they're going to do. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, um, me too. But um, what about a little um, David Wonderlust? Sure. Oh, sure. And um, you know, one of Jane's, you know, what cheers in life? Uh, <laughs> okay, time to wonder. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, staying in one spot has always been a challenge for me. Until this year. All right, folks. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us.
Welcome back, everybody. All right, so we had excellent stuff coming during the break. We almost always do. So um, you were talking about, you know, I noticed my girl with, or a girl with lots of dreams, and then they're kind of stopping now around age 12 or 14. Um, And is that a bad thing? Is she kind of suppressing it? How can I help? Is that sort of it? Not so much how can I help, just an observation that I've made. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't really want to inter- interfere. Well, nothing's so broken, so we don't have to yeah, fix anything. It's so not helping, it's not an issue. But, um, yeah, Rob, Robbie brought up a really valid point um, to that. So I'll let her explain what um, went on with her, and then I'll jump in. What we were discussing is, you know, the the age of this young lady that's just having dreams and, um, you know, and actually I don't even know. Are they precognitive? Are they just nightmares or? They were precognitive. Yeah. Um, very, very clear. And just, she just hasn't mentioned them lately. And I'm wondering if they've stopped or if, um, or if she's, you know not talking about them because they're not out of the ordinary or, but one of the things that, um, one of the discussions that we did have early on was that, can I change it? And it was, you know, my answer was always the same. You can't interfere with, I mean, what's going to play out is going to play out. And, um, well, and also with the thing with, you know, cognition is it's like, sometimes you, it's like, you're only getting, getting a sliver of information and, it's like you don't actually know what is leading up to that sliver of information. And and sometimes, I, like I was telling you during the break, I had the same experience when I was that age. I would have all these dreams and, you know, like dreaming about, you know, kids that I went to school with having car accidents and um, people I didn't even know and, like, plane crashes and, you know, bombings and, you know, different things. And it, it really became very, like, bothersome because I... I felt like I didn't know if I was, I was like part of it or if I was creating it or, or, or what was happening. And, and what my, my peeps were like, you just need to write it down. Um, and I was like, I don't like this. I don't want this. Make it go away. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, if you can't, if you can't stop something horrible from happening, it's like, what's the point of getting the information? That's how I thought about it. I mean, I want to help people. I always have, you know, and, and that's what I'm wondering if 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 that's what she's done because as she becomes older, she also becomes more aware of how in control she really is. And I'm wondering if she's just said, "Well, screw that. If I can't, or if I'm not supposed to alter, or I can't alter, or if it's well, not in the cards for me to alter, then why bother having the dreams? I don't want to know." Well, and sometimes I mean, you can ask. I mean, just you know, ask if she, you know, have her ask her her, her own peep if. She can make if she can change something. Because sometimes, sometimes when you do get information, it you should, and sometimes you shouldn't. It's it's kind of it's it's kind of like one of those psychic tightropes that people walk on. It's like whether you share information or not. It's like you know, one thing to have someone come in and you know, as a as a paying client, you know, giving information. But it's like you know, if you just you know, somebody you don't know at school, um, hey, you know, next Thursday when you're coming home from the basketball game, you should be really careful driving, you know. 
<laughs> Maybe you should ride your bike or, you know, yeah. stay away from cars. Have your parents pick you up or something. I mean, you know, it's like sometimes they don't take that. I mean, and it, it's whatever's going to be is going to be. And, you know, you just, you know, as, as long as you don't have, you know, carry burden and guilt, you know, feeling like you're a cause of it, I guess. I, I would just, I would talk to her. I've got, you know, I've got some, some young kids that I'm actually um, working with um, who actually, the little boy reminds me so much of me when I'm <laughs> Like, you know, he's having people showing up on his, at his bed and, you know, having, having the nightmares and, and, you know, the girls and I have gone over and visited with him a few times and helped him out a little bit and they're back again. But, you know, it's just, um, the thing about dreams, I know when the, the girls were all little, we would have we would have we would have nest time in the morning, and we'd all talk about our dreams. And um, that's always I believe that's really important to be able to like have have recall of your dreams. Now, mind you, I am no dream interpreter. I you know I leave that to my good friend Michael Lennox out in California. <laughs> um, um, but cause, you know, for me, it's like when I have a dream, it's like I don't know whether it's you know just my you know, subconscious flushing the toilet, so to speak, or if it's a precognitive thing. So it's like I just, you know, don't know. I just kind of, I'm like, I take note. I maybe jot it down in a journal. and But if not, then I just, I don't pay too much attention to that anymore. But I hadn't, I, I can say, being the old fuddy-duddy in the room, I, I just hadn't, I had nothing I could relate to these, you know, dreams with, Real people showing up, like that. I open my eyes. There they are, right there. <laughs> and of course, I was told by my parents that I was—it was just my imagination. Um, so I didn't really want my imagination to work well. And many times, in great with great emotion, I begged to never dream. And I really don't anymore. Like since I was ten, and. Um, uh, I mean, it's actually something I've worked on, uh, and and I've now been told, you know, we, we've don't worry about it. We've worked out different avenues, but it it's I turned it off because I didn't know any better, you know, and and turned it off with sort of an endedness in my mind of it. I want it to never come back, and that was what I wish I could have tell him to hold that up for a little bit is can, is fine, but I wish I had not, you know, done the never thing. So it's it can be very important to have somebody to talk Did to. You about say it. no taxi backsies. You can't say no taxi backsies just in case you change your mind. Yeah, I know it was probably wow. not the best move, but it really was. It 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 was a very scared little boy that could get no understanding or comfort from anybody that he could find that he told about it and. Uh, and his mother, my mother had a great thing that she got from her mother, which was you must never speak your dreams before breakfast or they might come true. And, of course, if you wait until you get up and shower and all your stuff and get ready and show up at the breakfast table like we did every morning, they were gone. <laughs> so, um, Hence the reason why we always had nest time. It's like the kids would always, like, you know, come into, come into the bed and, you know, we'd all like have, you know, a little bit of time. Snuggle time and talk about our dreams. What did you dream about last night? You know, 
good dreams. Okay, tell me about your dreams. And then, you know, then we get up and go have breakfast and get them off for the day. But, you know, you know, raising these new, new kids, I mean, they're, they're definitely, they're definitely, um, old wise souls and, and young bodies that, you know, are very, um, very inquisitive and, you know, you know, where I know it's like, shut up because I said so. It's like, well, no, you have to explain this to me. Explain to me why I blah, 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 you know. <laughs> right. And it, it, it really can, it can be shocking. It can kind of make you take a step back. Um, I know Madison said some crazy shit and I've just looked at her like, um, wow. What? Uh, you know, I've I've written her into all three of my books because she comes out with wisdoms that are far beyond um, her age. And she understands um, the interaction between human beings on a level that I couldn't have possibly comprehended even in college. And I'm just fascinated by her. But, she, you know, I mean, she'll come out with things that I'll say but when you were, you know, when I was your age, and she'll be like, you're me, what are you talking about? You know, it's it's shocking as a parent, especially having the parents that I had, to look at my child and go, yeah, screw it, she's got it figured out already. Because <laughs> you want to do the natural got to protect her thing, but then they come out with these wisdoms, and you just have to, damn, she's right. Um and sometimes she doesn't even have to say anything. She just gives me the look. You know, like, really? Did you just well, say I, that? I mean, I'm a firm believer of, you know, letting my kids bump into their own trees, so to speak, because, you know, sometimes you can you can get, try and give your, your kids wisdom as far as, you know, your experience. Like, like with, my, with my abilities and how they developed and, you know, and even, you know, like judgment of, like, you know, is this person, is this friend a true friend or is this person going to stab me in the back? Um, and it's, um, it's something that, you know, I, you know, I always, you need to figure that out on your own. You know, it's like, I can't, I mean, I can tell you, but, you know, but, you know, you have to, you have to make those decisions for yourself as far as friends and, you know, different things like that. And, um, I just think that um, letting them kind of, you know, figure it out, it, it makes it a lot, they, they learn it a lot quicker. <laughs> I I totally agree. And I, I can honestly say that the person who most fascinates me um, in this life is my daughter. Because I just see her do things that I'm just, I she really does give me hope for the future. You know, I look at her and go, wow, we're totally headed in the right direction. Everything's cool. It's okay. We're good. Um, And I see that in so many young people now that I just love this generation. They just, they fascinate me. They totally fascinate me. If you really look around the world and see what they're doing and see the things that they're creating and the abilities that they have and and the level of communication that they have created um, through the technologies, uh, it's just, 
wow, look what they've done. You know, how exciting is that? Look at where we're going. And it's really thanks to them. Because they've pushed the limits far beyond anything that our parents would have comprehended as being acceptable. And, you know, they've totally done away with boundaries. It's just, it's cool to watch. It's it's so cool. And, and like Rick said, if we just get the hell out of their way. <laughs> yes, like get out of their way. I know, it's like when my little guy was, um, my youngest, he's uh, 10. When he was when he was little, there's this, like, there's this window of time when, when, you know, kids are able to verbalize, but they're still so connected to spirit that they're they can have they have absolute past life recall. And um, I, I think he was maybe two and a half, three years old. And you know, my daughter was laying on the floor, and he goes up and starts you know doing chest compressions on her. And I said, "Hey, buddy, what are you doing?" Oh, I was a doctor before. <laughs> oh, before when I was big. I'm like, oh, you should tell me more about that. And you know, and he said that he had um he had a white had brown hair and squirt on her head and um he had a car that was pulled by horses. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and um and that he had um and of course he had no concept of like slavery, but he, you know, he had dark people that took care of all of his things. And um he had a big brown leather bag that he carried around and you know, and he went to different people's houses and took care of them when they were sick. And he had three sons. And, you know, it was very interesting to to have that, to hear that. And he, he told me, oh, yeah. And, yeah, he was having nightmares about being, um, like, being shot in the chest um, in an airplane. And um, and then, I don't know, we were sitting out on our, on our porch. And this is about the same age that he was in. Um, and I said, I said, well, he goes, well, I was, I was in an airplane and I was shot in the chest. I was like, oh, because we were talking about the, the dream. And I was like, well, he said, um, well, I was, I was killing, I was killing Jerry. And I'm like, what are, and I didn't ask him. I was thinking, well, what the heck are Jerry's? And, um, and I said, well, what did your plane look like, buddy? And then he kind of, you know, described a, an airplane and that had a big, did, well, did it have any pictures on it or any paintings or any symbols or, you know, trying to see maybe if it was, it was probably a past life thing. That's what I was thinking. And, um, he, he drew a big, he drew a big circle, like the, almost like a bullseye, which when, you know, I asked, you know, my husband about it at the time and he said, he said that that's what, that's what the British flew during world war one. And, British actually, you know, they called Germans Jerry. Oh, and yeah. I was like, whoa. Yep. <laughs> like, crazy. Shoot, <laughs> shooting down idea. Jerry's. Shooting down Jerry. Killing Jerry. That's hilarious. It, it, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's amazing that recall and that period in there. Um, and, and I don't want anybody to think that I that I feel bad about my parents because I tell these stories. They're just great stories to be contrast. Um, I was three and um, was found one day during nap time to be rewiring the light switches in the hallway. And of, of course I was stopped and, you know, you'll kill yourself. And, and um, 
I don't remember this one when I was three, but I did it again when I was five, even though I was apparently told never to do it again. Uh, we were in a different house, so it was different light switch. I hadn't been told no about that light switch, I guess. Uh, but I do remember very clearly when my mother said, you know, you'll get hurt, you'll you kill yourself. I said, but no, if I leave it like this, you'll hurt yourself because you don't seem to know how it works. And uh, that just added, you know, insult to injury, and I was sent to my room for a year or two. Um, and I I didn't rewire any light switches again until the first time I moved into my own house. I immediately rewired the light switches. So I, I did finally get it out, but it took a long time. And and I just wonder what else was there, you know, because I have had a magical way with technology type things i can just kind of look at stuff and go oh, well that's what doesn't work i don't know what it's called i don't know what it does i just you know but um but i wonder what could have been there you know and i'm having fun adventuring around finding it <laughs> well i know i know for me it's like um i always knew that i had a past life connection to like like early you know hollywood and um I never, I've never been, I'd never been able to figure out, you know, what it was, but I was out there with a couple of friends of mine and, um, I was able to drive r right straight to like Mary, Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks house. Well, it's not there anymore, but the gate is still there and was able to drive right there. I, I, I mean, I've never been to Hollywood before LA, you know, I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> and I just see my way around. <laughs> it's like, huh. But I mean, you know, and I would have flashes. It's like, wow, this looks really dirty now. <laughs> you know, back from, you know, the orange groves of, you know, back in the 20s and 30s. Yeah, it was but, a gorgeous place. Still yeah. a gorgeous place, but wow, it was beautiful, I would imagine. But I mean, I I don't remember having dreams or anything when I was little about that but was you know i mean when we were out there i mean i'm almost right there without you know map quest or anything robbie quest I had, <laughs> I, had, I had some pretty funky dreams growing up um i didn't talk about them then and uh to be honest in the public i usually still don't talk about them now <laughs> but there was you know i mean there's just some things that you didn't say growing up you know, I remember um, Mom had this great collection of little kitty Bibles. Um, it was the Bible put into little kid books. And she was reading me stuff from it. And she did this every night, you know, her, her reading stuff. And I'm like, no, it didn't happen like that. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. And she'd get really pissed. Like, right pissed. And I... But he didn't. <laughs> oh, man, she got so mad at me. But, you know, I mean, Madison came out with when she was, I don't know, four or five. Um, I remember when I was born, she said. And I said, oh, yeah. She said, yeah, I almost died. And I went, what? Because we'd never spoken about it. We'd never talked about it. We made sure we didn't talk about it in front of her. I didn't want her knowing that her birth had been, you know, I didn't want her feeling that, thinking that it had been a problem. 
So it was a shock for me to hear her say that. And she's like, yeah, I remember. That's okay, though. I asked God. I told him I didn't want to die. And I said, what? She said, yeah. I said, I don't want to die. I said, oh, yeah? How did that go? She said, well, I'm here. He said I'd be okay. Because I was really scared. But he said I'd be okay because I had things to do. And I'm like, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, we almost lost Diana when she was born. And, you know, like, I, what, what do you say to that? You just say, okay. If you say it so, then it must be so, child, because, you know, I'm not going to argue that. She'd been to church maybe twice in her life. We didn't have a Bible in the house. So, you know, that's, I'm, I don't have any other explanation for it than other than that she had that conversation when she was in the womb and on her way out. I don't want to die. I'd like to stick around for a while. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's... Go ahead, sorry. No, I just, I think it's really cool that she was able to tell me and, um, you know, I think it's even more fascinating that she remembered. I know, and it, the twins, when they were little, they could remember being inside my tummy and fighting with each other. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, you know, because I always, I always would ask Mike, you know, do you remember, you know, do you remember before when you were in my tummy and, you know, and then, of course, you get past that little window and then it's like, no. What are you talking about, you crazy mom? And, you know, I mean, I just, I think it's really important for, you know, parents to just, you know, you know, lovingly, you know, kind of guide their information and not dismiss stuff that comes from them, whether it be through dreams or visions or imaginary friends or, um, you know, aliens or spaceships or, you know, because... As souls, they come from many different places, and it's not always from this planet. And, um, you know, and, you know, talking about, you know, flying when you're sleeping and, you know, explaining, you know, astral travel and, and different things like that. And I know, like, for me, what with, with my kids, what was important was, you know, and I, of course, by the time I got my son, you know, when he was little, I had him on a had him on a white-free diet where he didn't have any white flour or white sugar. And um, it really, um, it, because the, the sugar would would shift their vibration. And um, and I really would notice that when the, when the girls were little, like, you know, they would always want mac and cheese. And, of course, not 10 minutes after they'd have mac and cheese, boys, but they were bouncing off the walls like they'd done, like, a gallon of sugar. And... Um, <laughs> away from you know moved away from that and you know shifted shifted some dietary stuff and and you know of course now you know I've got vegetarians and I've got you know and and that I think helps a lot you know it's like when I was when I was I was a vegetarian like when I was a teenager and um, I ended up becoming anemic and so I, had, I ended up my my people were saying you know, I was like, well, I don't want to eat meat anymore. And it's just because I, I feel bad. And, you know, because it's like I could feel the sorrow in the animals when I would eat it, you know. And um, talk about empathy. And, it, you know, and I fully believe that that's where, you know, prayer comes from. Like when you would say grace before meal. And, um, you know, it's like my my 
peeps would be like, just, you know, put your hands over your food. If you're going to eat meat, you, that's your choice. You know, you're, you have free will in, in that body. <laughs> it's like, go ahead and, you know, just, you know, just send it, send it love vibration to change, to raise its vibration so you don't feel that. And, you know, and thank the animal right. for doing what, you know, for giving itself to you for sustenance and, Right. Well, pra- prayer is really just a takeoff of the old, um, the old Native American and the old Indigenous tribal, um, you know, belief systems of thanking the animal for giving its body yep. for sustenance. Um, it makes sense. I mean, that's what I do now. Now that I understand what prayer is, um, that's right. Because I love meat. <laughs> I just, I get sick if I don't have meat, so I. I say thank you. Thanks. Yeah, for and me. I, you know, I mean, and again, like you, probably, I mean, I had the same problem where I would get anemic, and then I would go like, you know, and I, you know, there've been different times in my life where I would, would be vegetarian, and and then, you know, then of course I would have the, I would get like anemic or, or sick, you know, from not having enough protein, and even couldn't drink enough protein shakes, but sometimes it's just the animal protein, and even though. It's you know, eat right for your type type thing. I'm, I'm a no <laughs> meat eater. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, well, and, uh, and and I don't think people should think that there's something horribly wrong with that in itself. Uh, we mistreat and poison the an awful lot of the cattle, for example, on the planet. Yeah. So probably best not to eat those. But, uh, you know, I've found a place right outside of town where, you know, they're happy cows. They make sure they're happy cows right up to the end. Aww. They, you know, and it's really quite good and it's amazing. the 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 makeup of it and the nutrients in it is totally different. Oh yeah, what? it's kind of like the the cows, the Japanese cows, you know, that they massage the sake into, and they, you know, and then it's kind of, it's uh, I can't remember what the name of it, something. Yosaki beef or something like that. I don't remember. Kobe, Kobe beef. Yes. Oh my gosh. Took me a minute to pull it up. Yeah. It's like, I'm thinking it's like they get massaged and like they get, you know, talked to and, you know, and they, you know, and wow, it definitely tastes different than any, any beef I've ever had. Well, I'm just, I'm going to go out on a live here and see if I can't piss off every single vegetarian out there. Um, Really, when you when you talk in terms of spirit being being in in the all that is, to me there is no less life force in a tree, or than there is in an animal. Um, so if you have wood in your house, I and I know that's taking things to an extreme level, but to me there's no less life force in a tree than there is in a cat. There's the same amount of life force in 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 a plant so i it's vibrating I, and expressing differently but i just can't you know get, the, get the, guilty about the plants that you eat are the same way can't get guilty about eating meat a lion doesn't apologize for eating a zebra and i know i'm gonna get hung for that i just know it but that's okay it's okay it's, it's, <laughs> i've that's, been hung before not what, a problem yeah i've had I the just, head just chopped right on off before so yeah it's not, not a big deal burned at the stake and the whole bit so i i just you know there was a time when temporarily i felt guilty but um i don't anymore you know i don't 
I don't because and, I feel that there's life in plants as well, and I eat them all the time because they're good for me. The, the nutrition in your food has a lot to do with your vibration when you eat it. If you think there's something wrong with eating meat, but then you just keep on doing it, that's that could be a problem for you. But uh, that's that is that's tied right into that blessing your food thing, you know, is putting yourself in the right vibration to receive it. And and uh, you know, it's it's been said by some of the mystics that if you meditate and pray over it right, you could live off of sawdust. Well, that's, I mean, that's true. I was, I was, I was just going, I was just in my, in my little brain, I was thinking, oh, the day when we can just, you know, receive light and, you know, have our sustenance that way, you know. Quite right. Well, I mean, if you could just drink water. And breathe, but, and that day is probably coming, but, uh, well, it is coming, but, um. But it's not necessarily in line with your soul's purpose to to demonstrate that necessarily in your life right now. So eat what your body says it needs and and be glad to have it, and you'll be okay. You'll be all right. But for the vegetarians out there, if that's what you're pulled to do, then carry on. Absolutely. Don't don't change. Just ignore what I'm saying. Well, (laughs) don't change because it's okay. Yeah. It's all okay, really. It's Uh, all okay. And and that, and that that goes along with you know you know like with my you know like I said I have you know I vegetarians and then I have you know like meat eaters and and in my house and that's I I I fully you know allow my my kids to just listen to their own drummer you know because you know I've I've been accused of being a, a wee bit eccentric in my own my own beliefs and my own uh, you know how I dress how I live how I think but I do um, and I think it's very important you know to allow your, your kids to be able to just be themselves and you know ah there it is allowing your kids to just be themselves yeah not you or who you think they ought to be and uh, yeah I thought it was cute one of the girls I saw a status around Thanksgiving that said hmm vegan Thanksgiving I'll Fill up on the sides, I guess. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Well, you know what? I, I for Christmas I usually make a prime rib dinner. It's like I don't know. I'm gonna have to get a little. You know, it'll be just you know the three the three meat eaters. Of course, you know, I go and you know where I eat meat and then I don't. And, but you know, again, it'll be the sides. I mean, I don't know what am I have a tofu roll? I don't know. <laughs> a tofu loaf? I'm not sure. I haven't quite got the knack of cooking tofu, but. I know that there's some knack to it, but I haven't figured it out yet. But the girls, you know, I'm just really, I'm super proud of what they're doing. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, I've I've been out of the quote-unquote broom closet for quite some time. And, you know, I don't, you know, hide what I do from anybody. It's like if somebody asks me what I do, it's like, you know, I'm a psychic medium. And, you know, at school, you know, it's, I mean, I've had, when the girls were in elementary school, one of the school office people, you know, he's been having numbness at his, from his, from his, at his knees and like not, and been to the doctors, had MRIs and different things. And, and he, and he knew what I did. He's like, so do you think you could tell me maybe what's going on? I was like, well, let me look. I was like, wow, it is like your energy's like 
cups off at the knees. And I was like, well, if I get anything, you know, I'll call you and let you know. And on my on my way back to the house, um, I totally got what it was. It was a past life thing. And it's like he was a, you know, he was an officer in, you know, the Civil War. And he had been too close to some kind of cannon thing that exploded. And they double amputated his legs. And he ended up dying of a disease, like actually whatever, like blood disease that you get from, I don't know. But it like gangrene? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he ended up dying, and um, so when I asked him, I said, so tell me about your fascination with the Civil War, and cause I didn't know, because, I mean, typically when you have something that strong, you will have a draw to that era, you know, right. you usually have a past life, you know, connection to it, and he's like, oh my gosh, that's, and I was like, and it's, and it's, you're, you're connected more to, you're really drawn to, like, the North, not the South, right, and he's like, yes, oh my gosh, you see, I've watched the movies and all this stuff, like, well, you know, well, that's because you were in the Civil War, and I had to explain to him what happened, and um, and literally, I mean, after I told him that, he didn't have any more problems. It just kind of, and it was it was interesting too because sometimes that stuff manifests at the at the specific time or the age that you were in that past life, which was you know, I think he was in his early 30s. That would have was about the time the age that he was in that life when that happened. And that's sometimes when stuff, like, will pop up, you know. <clears throat> but, I mean, so, I mean, I fully have been out of the broom closet for a long time. And I say that, you know, jokingly. But, you know. And so, like, you know, having having four children and doing what I do and raising them to just be authentic, you know, loving individuals is, is my goal. And, you know, to be true to themselves and to be to be love and try and help people and help the planet. Well, you're doing an absolutely bang-up job, and I'm telling you, um, what those girls doing is, is really vitally important right now because um, they're stepping out into their own, um, they're standing on their truth, and they're setting an example for young people all around the world to also stand on their truth and to not be scared of um, societal societal um, judgments and that to me is absolutely awesome and that's why I, I'm i just fascinated by your young women and impressed to know them and, and also very proud to know their mom as well because you also set an example for all the parents out there who have gifted children and have no idea what the hell to do with them because <laughs> what do you do? You know? when, you're, when you're a parent who's had your sort of that side of your life squashed, it's it can be very hard because it brings up your old emotions and crud about it being squashed. It's really kind of tough sometimes for people, I think. I know we have we have this little thing and I got it from a, a friend of mine, Gary Renard. It's a it's a you know, it's a giving it to God thing. And it's you know, putting whatever it is, that pain, that wound, putting it on the platter and like taking it up and giving it to the altar before God. And so it takes it out of your hands. And, you know, it's interesting that you, you brought up the judgment thing because, you know, definitely experienced some of that stuff in my growing growing up where I, you know, middle America. And, um, you know, and just, you know, just if, if you can just be comfortable in your own skin and try and put yourself in, in, in the other person's shoes because we're all connected. 
we're all one. We're all connected to source. You know, whether that person has, you know, purple skin or, you know, polka dots, you know, whatever it, it is. I mean, when you cut your finger, everyone bleeds red. And whether you're, you know, Bill Gates or whether you're the guy under the bridge, you know, that's homeless. It's like you're, we're all we're all humanity and we're all connected to source. And that's, that's the biggest thing that I try and, you know, make sure that my kids know. It's like, you know, and not judge. Because when you when you're judging, it's like you're really just you're judging yourself, even judging though judging yourself. Exactly. Seem that way, but you're not. <laughs> it's like no, I am not. <laughs> I am not judging myself. You know, well, it really, if 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 you think in terms of judge not, lest ye be judged. Okay, when you take that step into judgment on somebody else's behavior, then you're opening up the doors for it to be okay for somebody else to judge your behavior. And that's, you know, that's very much well, how I look at it. You match vibration. That you're accepting, judge- you're accepting judgment. Yeah. Because you're saying that judgment is okay. So you're accepting it to be okay for other people to also judge you. And and that's, I mean, a I lot of those things. It pisses me off. It's like, I want to judge judgment. If I was going to judge anything, that's what I would judge. I'd be like, um, you're out of here. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean. And Why it's, do you live so far away? I want to have you over for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if, if I could, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's hard being in a body and to not judge sometimes. And I know, like, you know. Of course. Of course. You know, and I've, human. I've, it is, and it's like, and, and the thing is, too, and it's self-judgment. It's putting those judgments on yourself if you can remember to not do that. And it's, you know, do the, you know, when you say something judgmental about yourself or someone else, just say cancel, cancel, cancel. You know, so it cancels that vibration so it doesn't go out there and manifest. And, you know, and, you know, and one of the one of the best, best things that I've, you know, ever been told by my peeps is to, to use affirmations and, you know, I love, accept, and forgive myself unconditionally. I mean, it's, you know, you know, because eventually, you know, the way that the, the human mind works is eventually you tell yourself something long enough, you become that. And so, I mean, if people tell themselves, you know, it's like if you grow up being told you're a, a piece of garbage by, you know, parents or, you know, different people in your life, then that's what you think you are. And, takes a lot of psychological deprogramming and reprogramming to, you know, make yourself think that you are, you are a beautiful soul on this planet, just like everyone else. And, you know, my, like I said earlier, my, uh, you know, one of my passions is mentoring, you know, kids with abilities. And I just, you know, I've got, I've got my own kids that, you know, I just, you know, you know, it's like, I was just like, I always think, is this going to screw them up? You know, <laughs> you know, I was just thinking, you know, I was trying to put myself in the future when I'm like, okay, is this going to mess them up somehow? Did you I know? just give them a complex? What? <laughs> I do that all the time. I am the worst for looking at my actions and going, oh, I'm such a dope. You know, because I mean, the worst thing to me is I just don't want to be a bad mom. Like that's my, if I am, have ever been terrified of anything it's been disappointing my kid 
And I know that sounds so weird to some people, but like I just don't want to let her down. And sometimes, you know, I'm human, so I'll get frustrated and antsy, and and she'll just give me that look, and I'll be like, oh. But the other thing is she never lets me beat myself up over it. You know, the one thing my daughters are really good at is letting me know that she loves me, regardless. Like, unconditionally, it's okay, you're my mom. Um, And that's what I mean. Like, if we can learn that stuff from our kids, that... This is what they're bringing into our world right now, and that to me is really cool. I think this is going to be the most fun that we've had for probably a couple thousand years. This generation growing up right now is going to be just woohoo! You know? I know. Oh yeah. I know. Uh, it's so I, funny because the girls. I mean, it's like we run a you know we run across little kids all the time and. You know, I always do this little trick, you know, that I taught the kids about, you know, like changing your aura color, you know, with babies, you know, because babies are, you know, they can't talk. They can do telepathy a little bit, but, you know, changing your aura colors and it's just been, that's kind of a fun thing that that we do with the little little ones. And I forgot what I was, what the point of that was, but anyway. Uh, The little ones are amazing and, uh, and they do, they turn and 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 they don't turn when everybody walks by but they they catch high vibrational people cuz i see oh, the difference yeah. in in how i'm being at the moment and and how they're reacting and when i'm up in that space they're just like oh hey wow i thought i was alone hi <laughs> <laughs> i know isn't that awesome it's so much fun it really is um no, and but hey if you discover know, like that the girls are doing like you know like and i think that that's probably why they incarnated as twins is you know, to develop telepathy, and that's one of the things that, you know, the new generation kids are, they they have something more with that than than I do, that's for sure. So I always, you know, I've been bringing them when when I have kids that, you know, because they can sometimes get stuff that telepathically that I wouldn't get psychically. So. It's, um, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun and I am just thrilled to bits to be a mom in this time. Um I could talk to you all night. Oh I'm we sure listeners could probably listen could go to you on all for night. hours. So I have a proposition. I don't know if the girls are still hanging out there playing with you, but um we're booking now for February, so we're gonna send you an email because I think we should book you and the girls in for a joint mother daughter come play with us show. And so we can okay. Do this a little more if you guys are game. I think we would love that. Okay, cool. All right, very cool. I would love to do that. So I've got Gianna right here. Say hi, Gianna. Hello. Hello. Hey, girly girl. Hello. (laughs) So, is there a particular spot on the web where folks could go find you, or uh, are you sort of? Well, as I said in my email, my website. You know, when my mom got sick, I just let everything kind of go. Right. down I'm and you know and instead of hiring somebody I'm doing it myself because I never seem to get what I want when I hire somebody because they can't see inside my brain um but yeah, no, my website, when it when it when it will be back up hopefully it'll be back up in the next month I hope but uh, here's hoping um it's www.robbieporter.com um or you can just find me on Facebook Robbie Porter so, uh, you know, 
Perfect. I really have enjoyed talking to you guys. We had a blast. We um, had fun in the sandbox. And snow. No, we're snow. We're making snowbox. Snow, no, no, no angels in the snowbox. Snow snow I'm sorry, I forgot. No, Rick. Oh, ah. Texas are all. <laughs> you know what? Sandcastles are good too. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We have trouble getting the hang of that. It's cold again today, but yesterday it was. We don't. Hot. We don't get too much sand around here unless it's you know flooding from you know the rivers. <laughs> Well, in this year, we don't know anybody's going to get. If you you take the weather up there in Montreal, we just don't know what anybody's going to get anymore. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it is the weirdest, but that's okay. You know, that's a a whole other show for a whole other time. We we like weird. We like weird. So here it comes. Look out. All right. Well, my love to the girls, my love to you. I really do wish you lived down the street so I could have you over for coffee. Um, Someday I'm going to have to come meet you guys in person. Until next time, this was just a whole hell of a lot of fun. Um, and we're going to have to have you, have you back. And and the music that we had tonight, folks, was David Swore Up. He's going to be our guest one week from tonight. So uh, we'll have all kinds of yummy music. And we have Nancy Goss on Thursday. So we you hope you'll come join us again, all these great folks, that uh, some new friends and and some old friends. Uh, great to have you here, Connie and Janet and Bill and Jason. And uh, Janet must have typed in about 40 times. Tell her I love her girls. So <laughs> I did it. Yay, thank you. So, I, yeah. I just want to say to everybody out there, um, first of all, be loved, but have a have a blessed Yule, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever it is that you're celebrating, and just be with the ones that you love and just try and Love everybody how you would want to be loved. It's a perfect way to to end a show called Everyday yeah. Connection. That's it. So on that note, guys, stay connected, and we will talk to you soon. Night, everybody. Night, night, all. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me. And be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Everyday Connection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. $2 six-piece Chicken McNuggets are tender, juicy, made with 100% white meat and making a big splash on the one, two, three dollar menu. Woo! (laughs) And for just a dollar, you can get any size soft drink like a sweet tea, Hawaiian punch, or the one-of-a-kind flavor of a Dr. Pepper. 
So keep your favorites flowing right now at McDonald's. Only on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.